Christmas expectations is what we are talking about today. And we do want to welcome Michigan Street Campus, Red Bug Lake Campus, all of those of you that are online, out in the atrium, wherever you are, God bless you. Merry, Merry Christmas to you all. Christmas expectations. I like the definition of words and the word expectation means a strong belief that something is going to happen. A strong belief that something is going to happen. Today I want to encourage any of you that have son or daughter, husband, wife that is overseas or somewhere else this Christmas season serving our country. I want to encourage you, if they can, make a video of them greeting the church and expressing something to our church and their family, of course. So if they are overseas or somewhere else, why don't you plan to have them do a video, send it to the church. A couple of days ago, we got one from Lance Corporal Manuel uh, Beltran from California who's in the Marines. And uh, so he sends us a video, his mother's here. Good morning, Faith Assembly. My name is Lance Corporal Beltran. Some of you may not have been expecting me or don't even know me, but uh, I was known as Manuel Beltran back when I was a civilian back home. Ever since I joined the Marine Corps, I've done a lot of great things and it makes me proud to work to this day as an aviation ordinance man in the United States Marine Corps. I come to share this video just to share a few words. Just Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from Camp Lanza, California. As you can see, it's dusk over here. It's now morning and it took a little while to climb up this mountain, but uh, it, be, it makes me really happy to uh, tell each and every one of you. Hello there, safe, Merry Christmas, uh, young the man. With friends and families, and I'll see you all. <laughs> morning, morning. Hi, good morning, Faith Assembly. I'm not the main event today, but I just have a few words to share today. Uh, to start off, with all my motivation, I want to wish everyone, and my mom, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I hope everyone is enjoying them with their friends and families. And to add on, I want to thank all my uh, fellow service members, my active duty military veterans, and military families in the room right now, even across the globe too. Thank you for your sacrifices, your honor, your courage, and your commitment. To end off, as you may have already seen, my name is Lance Corporal Beltran Manuel. Some of you may know me, some of you may not, but I have the privilege of calling Faith Assembly my home. Semper Fidelis. Now, go down there and hug that mom, all right? So she did not know he was going to be here. She
She was not expecting that. <laughs> so we had to hide him away in the back. And um, anyway, Merry Christmas to you both, guys. Expectations, a strong belief that something is going to happen. Would you bow your heads with us, please, as we go to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for what this season and celebration this week means to all of us. I pray, oh Lord God, for every person that finds themselves in a place of need or want or, Lord, confusion. I pray, God, the peace of God, the joy of God would abound in their hearts. I ask you, Lord, that those that don't know Christ would come to you during this wonderful time. I pray your blessing on all who hear this word today at, at the campuses, online, and the atrium. I pray your blessing upon each and every one in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Well, all of us have had expectations, and many of you right now, you are thinking about something you're expecting to happen uh, this week. Maybe you're expecting a certain gift. I hope you get it. But even if you don't have your expectations met, there is a God who will help you when those expectations are not met. Well, I know that when I was 16 years old, I was working for my dad on the farm. He wasn't paying me. Well, he said he was. He let me stay at his house and uh, eat his food. So I was out working this particular August 23rd day and plowing up peanuts all day long. And in my head came the idea that my dad was going to buy me a car. And all day long, I thought about him coming up with a car and surprising me and thinking I'm such a hard worker and, and uh, he's going to honor me and give me a car. Late that afternoon, I look up and the dirt road next to the field, there comes a beautiful Mustang driving down the road toward the field. And I'm like, oh my Lord. Dad, it really has bought me a car. The Mustang kept coming and coming and going and going and disappeared into the distance. You see, somehow or another, I got that expectation in my heart, but I didn't realize my dad had an expectation. His expectation was that Carl would pay for his own car, right? And so a year and a half later, I, I left him. And uh, I went to work for my uncle who actually paid me. And so then I bought a 68 Camaro with my own money, $1,850. You couldn't find one of those today. But anyway, 50,000 miles. And so all of us have expectations. Some of them are met. Some of them are not. Maybe you expected a promotion. And someone less qualified than you got the promotion. People in your office had even said, I bet you're going to get the promotion. But alas, you did not, and someone else received it. So your expectations were dashed. That is when you need God. Or maybe 
you're expecting and we're expecting an inheritance and your brother, your sister, a family member beats you out of your inheritance, literally gets to your parents and they're not thinking right and they get them and manipulate them to sign everything or most of it to them. Over the years, I've seen that happen on several occasions where they were expecting and ended up with very little or nothing. Or maybe you were expecting your marriage to last. Well, every marriage or every couple that gets married expects their marriage to last. Myself, the other associates, uh, we have never had anyone walk in, come to the front for us to perform a ceremony, and the couple says, listen, Pastor, we don't know, think this is going to last, but go ahead anyway, all right? We already paid for it. Uh, no, never, ever has anybody expressed that they didn't expect it to last. Well, I want to share with you today, it doesn't matter if you uh, didn't make it in your first marriage or even if it was your fault or maybe the second or even the third. I want you to know when you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he makes all things new. You are not a second-class saint. You're a first-class saint in the eyes of God. So don't ever hang your head low. Well, some of you expected to outlive your children, and yet you sit here today with a heavy heart of sorts because you did outlive your children. And you've said many times, God, this is not the way it was supposed to be. Lord, they were supposed to outlive me. Or maybe you're sitting here or listening online and your expectation was that you as a couple would grow old together, but they've already gone on to glory. And you're now sitting and still reeling from the aftermath of the emotion of losing a husband or a wife. And this year, there have been several across our congregations that, that have experienced this depth of pain as a loss of an expectation, and they could hardly believe what's happening to them. And again, yesterday, we get word of a husband 40 years old that goes on to glory, and she's left to, to deal with, and that's why we've been praying for her in every service. Well, maybe you expected your children to love you, but they haven't even called this Christmas. Or maybe you expected your parents to treat you differently, and you have experienced life in a way that you never should have experienced and never maybe expected. Or maybe you expected as a teenager in your 20s or in your 20s that you would live a long life and you would have no physical issues. And yet you find yourself dealing with some sickness or some disease or something that should not have happened. You didn't expect it. I know I found myself in that situation of, 2000 with a rare autoimmune disorder. And so you think to yourself, why is this happening? I did not anticipate. I did not expect this. 
So God, help me in this situation. You know, our conduct is usually controlled or at least certainly affected by our expectations. Well, you parents will know this or see this on Christmas morning. How many of you know kids have no problem getting up on Christmas morning? They have zero problem. I bound out of bed, run to the tree, ready to go, open the presents, but wait a few days until the first day they go back to school, and then it's drag them out of bed. Uh, they don't want to go. I know there's a rare gym in the crowd somewhere, but they are few and rare. All right, so anyway, there are many expectations uh, around the birth of Christ. We're not going to read the whole story, but let's read part of it. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Talk about expectations. The shepherds were not expecting a heavenly uh, entourage uh, appear in the skies and announce uh, the birth of a king. No, they were expecting a normal night uh, in the herd of sheep that they were guarding. Joseph, Mary's Joseph expected to be the father of Mary's first child. But he finds himself in this awkwardness. And if it had not been for the appearance of an angel to him, he would have backed out altogether. Mary never expected to be the mother of the Messiah. She never expected an angel to come to her and say, Hail, highly favored one, favored by God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And having come, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The verb translated highly favored, to my knowledge, is only used two times in the New Testament. This highly favored. Number one, it refers to Mary here in Luke. Number two, it refers to every one of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You, the Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 1, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted or highly 
favored in the beloved. So today, I want you to realize and get this. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you and I need to do the same thing that the angel told Mary to do, to rejoice because you are highly favored of God. So each one of you, sir, you are highly favored. Ma'am, you, though you may not feel like it, you are highly favored of God. Every one of us in this building who are born again are highly favored of God. Well, why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, hey, you're highly favored. There were expectations with every one of the people involved in the story of the birth of Christ. Can you imagine the conversation in heaven? When the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are in heaven and they're thinking about who's going to be the mother of Jesus. Jesus, as, a, as God, is going to come to earth to be born of a woman as a baby to be taken care of. They got to find somebody that's going to take good care of him. And a father, can you imagine the vetting process for Mary? And the discussion maybe going on. I'm sure at some point maybe Jesus said, well, I expect they're going to be good parents. Well, and they were until they lost him when he was 12 years old. They were pretty good parents. They had gone to Jerusalem and to celebrate the Passover. And they get there and they're packing up and they're all getting ready to leave. And, and let me tell you, uh, maybe some of you don't even know this, but in all fairness to Mary and Joseph, uh, there may be a very good reason that they lost Jesus because this will shock some of you because you didn't maybe even know this. But Mary and Joseph had four other sons and at least two daughters. So Jesus is 12 years old. It's possible that they could have already had four sons and two daughters. So they're all getting together and getting ready to leave Jerusalem they got to pack up for all these kids. they got to get all these kids together. Mary could have been carrying a little baby. One of them could have been a baby at that time. The miracle is they only lost one. So listen, can you imagine? All of a sudden they had gone a day's journey. Joseph, maybe it was him, maybe it was Mary. One of them says, wait, wait, where's Jesus? I haven't seen him all day. Have you seen him? No. Hey, have you seen him? And everybody's asking, have you seen Jesus? They lost Jesus. Finally, maybe Joseph says, Mary, let's pray. Father, we've lost your son. <laughs> Mary put out an APB. All points bulletin. Boy, the Department of Family Services had been back there. They would have grabbed Jesus. Somebody would have reported there's a 12-year-old wandering around the temple area. Parents unknown and not found. 
For three days he wandered around and answered questions in the temple and asked questions in the temple. Uh, Mary and Joseph, they had some expectations. Some of them were beyond themselves. And when they all got back home, because the Bible tells us Jesus went willingly with them to Nazareth and obeyed them in everything. Can you imagine being the brother or sister, half-brother or sister of Jesus? We all think when we have our first child, if we've had a child, we think they're perfect, don't we? We really strive to make them eat all their food, sit up straight. We want to impress mom and dad and everybody else how good a kid we've got. And then many times if we're not careful, we'll say to the second one, hey, you should be like so-and-so, your older brother, your older sister. Can you imagine? Mary, no doubt, was expecting those four other boys and two girls to be like Jesus. How many times did they hear Mary say, hey, hey, why can't you be more like Jesus? And James apparently was born next after Jesus. Oh, boy, what a great position he was in. Second born. Oh, for sure, James is like, I've heard it once. I've heard it a dozen times. Mom, how can I be like? He acts like God Almighty anyway. And so, <laughs> so Mary's constantly, why can't you be more like Jesus? How many of you have ever had somebody tell you that? Why can't you need to be more like Jesus? And so she's telling her kids, maybe James uh, makes himself a bracelet. WWJD. <laughs> and his mother sees it and says, oh, that's so sweet. Now I won't have to remind you as often, James, you can just look at your bracelet. What would Jesus do? And James says, no, mom, this is what would James do? That's what this one is all about. Well, Jesus, I could picture that him growing up in the house, perfect, without sin, oh my goodness. We should probably keep our expectations of other people and children in proper balance. People many times fail us. They don't meet our expectations. Keep your expectations, though, high with God. He never fails. Can you say amen? Psalm 62, verse 5. The Bible says, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Well, there's some other people in this story that are pivotal that had some expectations. The wise men, we don't know if they were really kings, but they were nobility. Uh, they were uh, men of renown. We don't even know if there were just three or if that was indicated because of the three gifts. There could have been more, but let's just go with tradition. Say there were three. These three had made a long journey. And with every mile that passed, their expectations, their excitement, no doubt, built. They were headed to follow that star. And it leads them to Israel. And it leads uh, to Jerusalem on the way somewhere else. But they 
they stop in Jerusalem. Why? Because they're expecting to find the king, this baby that is going to have a worldwide impact. They're expecting to find him in a palace. They're expecting to find him in Jerusalem, the seat of government. But to their shock and amazement, they're told he's not here. We know nothing. And the king says, go on. And when you find him, send word back to me. And so they go on and find him a few miles away from Jerusalem in the little town of Bethlehem. And it is there that they walk in. Their expectations are a palace and they find a stable with animals. I don't know if you've ever been around animals a lot, but uh, I think it was last year when we had live animals on the platform. Uh, maybe it was Christmas Eve or another time, but they came out on the pla platform. One of them left us a deposit, all right? Of, uh, it was a mess. And here's a stable. We know there are animals leaving their deposits uh, of mess, of smell. And I am sure that the wise men came up to this abode that they're totally, completely blown away with. They're not expecting this. And yet, from every indication, this babe lying in this manger that they never expected to find here is the one they have followed his star to this place. They followed a star expecting a palace. What they found was a messy stable. And maybe in your life, you had great expectations. You were expecting everything to turn out good. But all of a sudden, maybe today you found yourself in a messy situation. You look around and maybe you've even used this term, this is such a mess. Everything's just a mess. Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's physical, Maybe it's uh, your marriage. It's a mess. It's financial. It's a mess. You did not expect this. But I want you to do what those wise men did. Even though it's not what they expected, when they got there, they found Jesus right in the middle of all those animals around. And they did something that I think is worthy of note. These wise men, these rich men, men of nobility, they fall to their knees. And maybe today this is what you need to do. Fall to your knees. See Jesus in that mess. Let him be real to you in that mess. And lift your hands in worship. And open your mouth and say, Jesus I don't understand this. I wasn't expecting this, but I worship you in this mess, God. And I'm believing you, oh Lord God. You're going to help me because you are Lord and I am highly favored of God. And I'm going to rejoice as a result of that. Well, Mary, back to her. I would suspect that Mary, when she 
was told she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. I suspect it entered into her mind, wow, she was poor. The whole area was poor. Riches were maybe among a few in Jerusalem, but these were rural people, hardworking people. And, and no doubt she thought, though, wow, I'm going to be the mother? Things are about to change. Things are about to get better in my life. That, maybe, is exactly what she was expecting. Boy, the favor of God is on my life. And even knowing what the angel said, you are highly favored. I will assure you, she did not expect to give birth to the Messiah in a stable with smells. But she made the best of a bad situation. She used what she had. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes laid him in a manger, a feed trough. She did the best she could in that situation that she was not expecting. No, she was not expecting to be led, her and her husband and Jesus, to Egypt right after that, to be gone something for up to two years' time. They're hiding out in Egypt from the wrath of Herod, who no doubt is still taunted and haunted by the fact that there's a king born, wondering when he killed all of the boys under two years of age in and around Bethlehem, did he get him? No doubt still people on the watch for this Messiah, this king that he knows nothing about. And they're in Egypt, hiding out. No doubt she probably said a few times, God, what am I doing in Egypt? What am I doing here, Lord? This is the Messiah of Israel, and I'm in Egypt. But eventually God led them back, and eventually they all left the stable. They left the stable. The herdsmen, saw and were amazed, never expected to be a part of that stable, a stable experience, never expected. Their perspective of God changed that night. They didn't see God as someone interested in them, but all of a sudden now, some shepherds know that God cares about them because they've been to the stable and they've seen Jesus. The wise men warned in a dream, go home another way. They journey on. But their life is never the same again because of the stable. Mary and Joseph and Jesus left that stable. Didn't go to where they wanted to go or expected to go. They went away from family and were gone for some time missing all those they loved. No, they didn't expect that, but they left that stable, but they never forgot the stable. And I will assure you of something. When you're in a table, stable experience, and it's a mess, if you look for Jesus, 
you will find him in ways that maybe you've never experienced before. In 2000 or so, when I went through all I went through physically, I can still remember when you have no one to depend on but God. And my wife was there, thank God she didn't leave me. But God helped me get through those darkest hours so that I was walking around the neighborhood one day saying, God, I thank you. I thank you for this stable because I have come to know you in ways that I did not know you before. I've come to know your love, your grace, your mercy. God, I've come to know your intervention and stability in my life in ways I've never known in my heart overflows with gratitude. No, they all left the stable. Maybe you're still there. Maybe you're in that point of, God, have you left me? No, look for him. He's always in the stable. He's always there in your mess. He's always there in that marriage that is a mess and your finances that are a mess. He's always there to help you. But maybe you just need to fall down and worship. Maybe you need to do like the wise men. Worship him and give him the gift of your life. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you today to help us all. And I pray that you would speak to every heart in this building. God, by your Holy Spirit, there are people here that don't know you, don't have a relationship with you. And I pray, God, that they would turn to you right now in Jesus' name. While every head is bowed and everyone just remains seated, please. It's the Christmas season. It's this Wednesday, the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ. But there was a reason, of course, he came. He came because he loved us. He came to identify with us. He came to show those shepherds that he loves everybody. He came to impact our world because he loved and does love every one of you in this building. What better time of year to say yes to God? What better time to say yes, God? What excuse have you used up until this point to say no to such love? I don't know how people that don't know Christ get through the stable experiences of their lives. I do not know. But I know how I get through, and I know how you're going to get through. It's by God's goodness and grace. So across this building, if you don't have a relationship with Christ or you've fallen away and you need to come home, I want you to pray for you. I want you right now just to lift your hand all over this building. Just lift it up. Lift it up right now. You need Jesus. Lift it up. Yes, lift it up all over this building. Lift it up. Raise your hand high. Let me see it. God bless others quickly. Quickly, God bless others in the risers here on the floor level. Anybody else? Anyone else? Just lift your hand. Lift it up. God bless you. God's dealing with your heart right now. Why would you say no? Why? Is it somebody 
that's influencing you? Is it you that thinks you, you won't have to be happy or you've got to give up something you don't want to give up? You gain heaven. You gain being highly favored of God. Others, quickly, lift your hand right now. God's dealing with your heart. He's dealing with your heart right now. Lift your hand up high. Let me see it. Let me pray for you. Anybody else? Quickly, God bless you. Anyone else? God bless. Anyone else? Jesus, touch and move upon this place, Holy Spirit of God. Move upon this place, Holy Spirit of God. Stand with us, please, everyone. In just a moment, Pastor John is going to lead us in a chorus. And I want to challenge you. If you raised your hand, you need Christ. Or if you didn't, and you know God's dealing with your heart right now, I want to challenge you immediately. Step out in that aisle. Make your way to this altar. And then those of you that are believers, you love Jesus, but you find yourself today in a place you never expected. And you need God's help. You're dealing with things that you know you can't deal with in yourself. You need God. So if that's you, you feel free to come to this altar, lift your hands, and say, God, I'm going to worship you in this stable. Step out and come right now as Pastor John leads us. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Raise your hand, even if you didn't slip out and come. There are others from the back over here. You need Jesus. Step out and come. Jesus, my God. There are those that need prayer. Make your way here. You need prayer. You're going through some things. You need God's help. Step out and come. Jesus. Oh, yes, 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 God. Yes. Holy Spirit of God, move. On every heart, Holy Spirit of God, move on every heart. God, in Jesus' name, there are others. We're waiting on you. Sing it again, Pastor John. If you can just wait a few minutes from leaving, let these people come to the altar first. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, slip out and come. Make your way here. Let's pray. Jesus, my God and my Lord. My God and my Lord. My God and my Lord. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, yes, God, my God, my God, my God. In Jesus' name. God bless you richly today. Pastor John's going to lead us in prayer for these. And slip your hand in this direction, please. God bless each and every one of you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for moving on these hearts and on these minds, on these lives of those that are reaching out to you here at these altars and even over our broadcast right now. God, we thank you so much that by your Holy Spirit, you're ministering to these men and women, that God, you're speaking to their hearts, you're, you're delivering, you're saving, Lord God, you're turning situations around, you're restoring joy, you're bringing peace, Lord God, in the midst of situations, you're bringing families back together, you're healing. God, we thank you for all that you're doing and we trust you, Lord God, that these men and women will never be the same for having reached out to the God who can do absolutely anything.
anything. And I pray in the name of Jesus that that would ring true over all of our lives, God, that as we focus in on you on this season, that God, there would be no other expectation but that you will do what you do best, and that's be a good father to your children. God, we know, Lord God, that no matter what we face during this season, you'll be with us, walking through us, helping us, guiding us through every step. And so we receive that help, we receive that guidance today, and we walk and navigate through this season with your joy and with your peace, expecting that you will be a good God to your people. We love you, we honor you, and bless you. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church. Blessings to you and your families this Christmas and every day. We love you so much and hope to see you again very soon.